Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all this morning? Hey, you know, Steve said it. Blake said it during the prayer. You know, Steve was saying, hey, if, if, if at any time during the service, whether it be during the song service, during a prayer, during my message, if, if God is working on you, you need to do something about that. Right? Understand, we are not here to hear Rick preach. We're not here to, to hear the worship team sing. We're here as a group of believers gathered together to praise God for what he's done in our lives. And uh, how dare we not listen to God in a moment that he is speaking to us? Because that's, that's, that's everything we're about. Amen? Now, if that's confusing to you, if, if you think that, that, no, we're supposed to be here to listen to a good message... I hadn't done a good job in the last two years. Lord, thank you for my deacons. Amen. Hey, uh, we've had a great week this week. Uh, I know some of you guys couldn't make it out to Trunk or Treat this week and the Fall Festival. Man, what a time. Right? We had a good time. The whole community showed up. I think the whole community showed up. Uh, man, there was more people than I can ever imagine that came through here. So I'm thankful for those of you that, that served in, in canvassing with some, with some forms to tell this whole town we were doing it. And I'm thankful for all those that served that night. Uh, there was plenty of spots left open for trunks. So for those of you that that, that are not able to really do a whole lot, you can sit at the back of a trunk. And so next year, I expect those slots to be filled. But there was some women, and, and let me try to get this right. Let's see, there was Deb Nunley, there was Sue Gurley, Angie Love. Uh, who else was in there? Lily Anderson. Uh, Blake, he wasn't a woman, but, but Blake was in there helping. Let me tell you, 400 hot dogs. Ten pots of chili. Those women were working their tails off in there, right? Thank God for those women. They were the hardest working women that night, right? And they made it. That's right. They made it good for our community to to be able to come in, enjoy some food, uh, enjoy a chili dog, and and so we're thankful for them. Thankful for those ladies. And uh, I didn't even get a chili dog that night. I guess I'm still tore up about that. I had to get one from Sonic out of all the hot dogs. But hey, let's move on, all right? Hey, listen, Tuesday night was also a big transition, right? We had, it was Reformation Day. You guys know that now. Uh, But that night, there was a big change that happened, a big shift, right? Did you guys know this? That we went from horror movies to Hallmark Channel. In a, mat- in a blink of an eye. And now there was this shirt that I showed Michelle, and she said, that's all I want to do. And it was drink coffee, bake cookies, and watch Hallmark. Right? So that's where everybody's kind of going for the rest of this year is Hallmark's going to be going, and there's going to be cookies in the air. Oh, Lord, help us. All right? But, hey, today, listen, we talked about the Reformation last week. And we talked about how, how, how we are saved 
that that, that is a, a, an important aspect of of how we are saved, and it, it is by grace through faith that we are saved. Well, today I want to talk about kind of over these next few weeks. We have on the nineteenth we have our harvest dinner coming up, which is a very important time for our church because all of the the large things that we do as a church. Uh, come about with that money, with you guys' giving. And, and next week, we're going to see all of the things that you guys as faithful givers, all of, the, all of the things that you have had a part in this year, all of the lives that you have changed with your faithful giving, we're going to see some of that next week. But to be thankful and to be grateful for what we have, it all has to start with being thankful that God saved us. Everything comes out of that. If we don't start there, if that is not our starting point, everything's going to be skewed from there on. Right? If you don't set your trajectory right in the beginning, when you get to your destination, you're going to be way off base. So today, that's what I want us to do. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 17 with me. Luke chapter 17. Today we are going to begin in verse 11. Grab your phones, grab your Bibles. And if you're grabbing your phone, check in. Check into First Baptist Church Lake City. Let everybody know you're here. Let everybody know that this is the place to be at this time of the day on Sunday, right? Amen. Those of you with just a Bible, you can't do that, so never mind. Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. It says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that... As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has, been, has made you well. So we see Jesus again. It says, Now it happened. The time had come. Everything Jesus does again, we see that, that Jesus, it's a perfect timing thing. That, that everywhere he goes is perfect timing for some purpose. Everywhere he goes. And we see that it says he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village there, he met ten men. Now, we see that Jesus was always a going Jesus, right? He was always going somewhere. So it's not strange when he tells us in Matthew 28 to go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, as you're going, go and make disciples. Because what did Jesus always do? He was always on the move, and he was always going somewhere, and he was always meeting someone, and he was always changing lives. 
which that's what he has called us to do now, is to go meet people, tell them, let them encounter Jesus through you. That's what he has done. Now I want us to look and it says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. Now when I see this afar off, the first thing I think about, even when I was reading that, something popped into my head. And when I looked it up, it was, it was Ephesians. You guys remember we were in Ephesians last week, right? And we were in Ephesians 2. Now isn't it crazy that when I heard that, that, that these men were afar off, I thought about Ephesians 2 again. Because in Ephesians 2 it says, there was once a time you were afar off from God. You see, that goes that these men being afar off is a perfect picture of you and I that we, at some point in our lives, before we knew Jesus, we were afar off from Jesus. There was a gap between us and Jesus. Hey, if we go all the way back to Genesis, when, when God closed the paradise up and set him outside the gates, guess what? We became afar off from Jesus. There was a split between us and God. There was a gap. In old Christianese, there was a chasm. I think that was the word. Maybe something else, I don't know. But we were far off from God. We were far from God. We did not know God. We did not want to know God. Amen? Is there anybody else that was afar off from God in here? Do you remember that? Do you remember being afar off from God? Now, I have to say, I have the luxury of it was not that long ago for me. But there was a point in my life I was a far off from God. I was far from Him. Just like these men. Just like these men and just like Ephesians 2 said. Mm, but thankful in Ephesians 2 where it says, but you were brought near by the blood of Christ. So, let's move on. It says, in these men that were afar off, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, we can relate to these men again here because is there not times... That when you are in the worst of the worst times of your life, what do you do? We pray. We call out to God. Now I want you to think back to your closest best day. Best day you've had in a while. On that day, did you cry out, oh God, you are wonderful. Oh God, thank you for today. I'm going to bet you didn't. You see, because typically we do not call out to God until we are in the worst of worst situations, until everything is out of our control. It is only then do we cry out to God. How about your kids? Right? Parents of some teenagers in here? We don't hear from our teenage kids until they need something, right? Right? 
They don't want to hang out with us until they need something. Now, teenagers, I'm not on you. I'm with you. Did the same thing. Right? That's what we do. That's also what we do as children of God. Right? That, that as long as life is going good for us and there is no bumps in the road, especially us as men, we're driving the bus. We've got this thing. We've got it going good. I got this job going good. I got this great family I got going good, right? I don't even think about God because, man, I got this thing all worked out. I got it planned out. Ah, but then something happens. And rest assured, there will always be something happening. In this world, you will have troubles. Jesus himself told us that. So if you haven't encountered it yet, hang on. But you see, it's then. That is when we call out to God. That is when we need God. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. You see, but we never utter those words until it's the darkest of dark times. These men... They are lepers. These men have been set outside, the, set outside the town. And these men cannot speak. It would be like us setting men outside this town and they could not speak to us. The only thing they could do is if we were walking by them, the only thing they could do would be to take their finger and put it on top of their upper lip and go, Unclean! Unclean! So that you and I wouldn't walk close to them. That's what these men, that's their lives. They're unclean. They're outcasts. Not only are they far from God, but they are far from people. And they see Jesus coming, and what do they do? They cry out, and they say, Jesus, Master, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy. What does Jesus tell them? Jesus says, so when he saw them, He said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, when we hear this, here's what we need to understand. Is if we go back to Leviticus 13, that whole chapter is about what you do with lepers. Right? And it's about that the lepers were to go to the priests. And the priests would look at, look at their sores and go, okay, yeah, I think you got leprosy. But hey, I'm going to set you over here for seven days. I'll be back to check on you in a while. That was the priest's job. And then they'd come back and they'd go, well, it hadn't spread a little bit, but we're going to wait a few more days. I'll come back and I'll check on you again. Now, what this is a reference to is Jesus, I believe, is saying, hey, I want you to go to the law. Go back to the law. Because you see back then, the priest could not save them from leprosy. All the priest could do was verify that it was leprosy. Which is the same thing the law does. The law could not save us. Law could only tell us that we were bad. Right? The law was never meant to save you and I. God never set all these laws in place just so that you and I could be saved by them. So that you and I could go, oh, well, all I got to do is act good. All I got to do is be the right person. All I got to do is follow these rules and I will be saved. 
God said, no, that is never the plan. I'm just setting these laws in place so I can truly show you how bad you are. So he's sending these lepers back and he's saying, listen, go to the priests. Because he's saying, go look at your religion. It's not going to save you. I want you to head back towards that because I want you to be thinking. I want you to remember that the law cannot save you. Going to church cannot save you. Being religious cannot save you. Putting a fish thing on the back of your car will not save you. Wearing the right t-shirt is not going to save you. Having the right speech is not going to save you. Following the rules of the country, they're not going to save you. All it's going to show you is that you can't be good. None of you. Now, Paul didn't use none of you. That's, that's, some, that's Rick's language there. That's some Lake City language. But he did say, did say, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all. And you know this because we set the law, God set the law in place, and you know that you cannot be good. You know that you cannot measure up to God. You are all going to miss the mark. But head back there so that you'll be thinking that that's going to save you. What does it say? As they are heading back to the priests, as they are heading back to the law, as they're heading back to the religion, what takes place? So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Which means they were no longer lepers. Which meant they were no longer dying. Which means they were no longer dead. And if we think back to Ephesians 2 again, that says you were once dead in your trespasses, but you were made alive through Christ. That is the same thing that just happened to these gentlemen right here. That as they were walking, they became no longer dead. Because they encountered Jesus and they asked Jesus, have mercy on us, then guess what? They were no longer dead and they were made alive. They were no longer men that were dying, but they were men that began to live in that moment. And it had nothing to do with the priest and had nothing to do with the law, but it had everything to do with Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. Everything to do with Jesus. Man, we could just celebrate in that moment right there. Could we not? That 10 men that were once dying met Jesus Jesus had mercy on them, and they were cleansed. Could we not celebrate that? Would we not celebrate that today, that if there was 10 men in this room that were dying, and God saved them, would we not celebrate? Yes, we would celebrate, and we would love it, and we would, we would shout. I would hope that we would shout. Because if we would not shout in that moment, we might as well go home. 
But ladies and gentlemen, here comes our sad reality. In that it says, and one of them. Ten men dying. Ten men lepers. Ten men sat outside the city. Ten men with open sores all over their body. Horrible disease. Ten men just freed of this. Ten men no longer dying, but now ten men living. And one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Ten men healed. One man returns. Now you're sitting here thinking, you're thinking, well, that is, that, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Why would those ten men, ten men that, that knew that they were dead... Ten men that now are living, why would they not know that Jesus just saved them? And why would they not go back and fall at his feet? That, that's crazy. And we say that's crazy and that's exactly what we do. We do that. You see, because what we do is... We encounter Jesus, we meet Jesus, we cry out to Jesus, oh God, please save us. And guess what? Jesus is faithful and he saves us. And then after that moment, then you know what we do? Then we, nine out of ten of us, we go back to business as usual. Only one man will go, oh my gosh, God, he just saved me. I owe everything to him. I fall at his feet. Whatever he wants, my life is no longer my own, but my life is now his. It is him that tells me how I live from now on. But the other nine, just like these nine, keep on trucking. They look down and they go, I'm washed by the blood, but I'm still driving my own bus. To be quite honest, I'm going to show up at church, though, because I'm thankful God gave me this life. But the rest of the days, I'm going to do what I want to. When I'm asked to serve somewhere at this church, I, I really ain't got time. Hey, when I'm, when I'm asked to do this for somebody, ah, really, you know, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. We are those nine people. Hey, when somebody asks us, hey, do you want to be a part of this to help you grow? Do you want to be? Really can't. It's just not my thing. You're one of the nine. We are one of the nine. There is days that I do that. There are days that, that, that I am so far from, from following what he wants me to. And all I can do at the end of the day is, is I realize that and I fall to my knees. And it's, oh God, I have, I, have, I, have, I have failed you again today. You see, if when we read a story like this, it's easy to go, man, I can't believe those nine guys would do that to Jesus. When we do it every day. And even Jesus says this. So Jesus answered. Well, first of all, he says, And this man fell down on his face 
at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And what he's saying there is, if, if this man was a Samaritan, I'm going to guess all the rest of these guys were Jewish men. Because if he points out that this one's a Samaritan, all the rest of them were Jewish. They knew God. They, they knew the law of God. They knew everything about God, right? They were some good church-going men before they got hit with some leprosy. So even Jesus is going, wait a second. Were, were, you not, were, you not, were you not members of such and such church? And did, did you not know everything? Did you not know? And the only one that is here is, is, this, is this Samaritan? He's the one that came back? But isn't that pretty common? That he that is forgiven much loves much. Right? If you start off in life thinking you're a pretty good dude and you encounter Jesus, I'm going to say you really think you're still a good dude afterwards. You still never realized how sorry you were. You never realized what he truly saved you from. But I tell you what, that man that's been in the gutter, that man that's been facing addiction, that man that is, has had those sins and, and lived them up, when he is forgiven, when he is made alive by Jesus, he knows it. He knows what he was saved from, and he becomes on fire, Right? Hey, there, there was a couple in this town that, listen, they were, they were into addiction and their marriage was crumbling, their marriage was falling apart, and all of a sudden, guess what? God got a hold of both of them. They were on fire. And I, and I remember them even coming up to the church because they went to another church here in town, and they were like, hey, can you do this for so-and-so? And can you? Because, because what they seen was that if we're saved, we've got to start serving other people and we've got to start reaching other people. And I sat back and I thought, wow. You have been saved for a month and you are doing more than I've seen some people that's been saved for 40 years. Wow. They knew they had been forgiven by, uh, of quite a bit. They knew that they were dead and they knew at that moment they had become alive. You see, but that's, that's, where, that's what we fall into. For those of us that have been saved for a while, we fall into that. Hey, there's a reason that, that Jesus in Revelation, Revelation chapter 2, he begins talking to the seven churches. Guess what the first church is, ironically enough? The church of Ephesus. And you know what the church had done? He said, Jesus said this to him. He said, listen, you guys have been doing good things. You've been, you've been working hard at church. And you've been, you've been doing really good. And you've been keeping those people out that, that are trying to, to mess up my word. But you know what, you know what your, really, your only problem is? You have forgotten your first love. You have forgotten how far you had fallen and what you were saved from. 
Jesus tells the church at Ephesus, you've done good at the, the working hard. I've only got this against you. You forgot that I saved you. You forgot that I saved you from hell. You forgot that I saved you from hell and I gave you paradise. You've forgotten that you were full of sin and dead and I gave you life and I gave you righteousness. You have forgotten that. And when you forget that, you no longer live for me, you start living for yourself again. And that was your whole problem to begin with. That was Adam and Eve's problem to begin with. They wanted to call the shots when I had given them everything. I've given you everything. And now you still want to call your own shots. You're wanting to return right back to that mess. But he ends up saying in verse 19, he says, and he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. It's the only man that got to hear that. Your faith has made you well. Now, the other nine, let's not mistake, they are cleansed. But who is made well? Who is made well? The man that returned and fell upon his face at the feet of Jesus and through faith knew that Jesus saved him. He is the one that is made well. So it is through that we can, I, I could sit down with everybody here and if we talked about the moment that Jesus saved us, I could tell you how you lived your life probably by how you talked about that moment. Believe that? You should be able to talk to me that way. You should ask me about the moment I encountered Jesus. And if I don't talk about that moment as the moment, the most exciting moment of my life, you'll know how I live. Truly, I'm not talking about how I live in front of the church. I'm not talking about how I live for this hour and a half you see me on Sunday. I'm talking about how I really live, right? Because from that moment, everything you know about how you were saved, why you were saved, and what you were saved from will completely change the way you live every day of your life until the moment he comes back for you. When we become thankful, when we truly become thankful for the moment he saved us, we can be thankful for everything from that point forward. You guys remember, when these men called out, what did they call Jesus? 
guys. Anybody? You, got, you can look in your Bible. It's open book test. Master. Master. Master, have mercy on us. What did Paul always call himself to Jesus? I am a bondservant. He used that term all the time. Right? Because the moment that Jesus saved him, the moment that Jesus appeared to him, Paul's life was no longer his own. The moment you and I, that we encounter Jesus, the moment that he saved us, the moment he bought us, the moment that we were afar off and by his blood were drawn near. Whose blood? His blood. Is your blood anywhere in that? Did you shed any blood for that? For the saving of your own skin? Whose blood? His blood. So when he saved us, we are forever indebted to him. Because if not, we'd still be dead. You get that? You would still be dead in your trespasses. You would not be made well. You would not be cleansed. You'd still be in your trespasses. So we, that's, that's, that's where our thankfulness comes from. Every bit of thankfulness we have has to start right there. Because it changes everything. Amen. Stand with me today. If you can. If you can't, stay right in your seat. It's not, again, it's not about the position of your body. It's about the position of your heart in this moment. Here's what, here's what I would ask of you. In this moment, think about the moment you were saved. Did you understand where you were heading? Did you understand that you were dead? Spiritually inside, you were dead. In that moment, did you realize what he saved you from? And if you didn't, I want you to think about this story today because you were just like one of these lepers. Now, I'm not going to put you in the category of the nine or the one today. That's for you and God to work out. I am going to say you are in the camp of those lepers. That we all, all of us at some point, we all had to cry out for mercy. And ask God to save us. And it was probably a pretty emotional moment at that time. But if you, like the church at Ephesus have forgotten your first love, I ask for you to return to that today. Today, I ask you to, to remember that moment, for, for you to just pray that God would show you that how much you were saved in this moment today. That today, that you would feel the weight of that. That today, you would, you would feel 
how lost and how dead you were, but that how alive you are today because of Jesus. And if something needs to change, I ask for you to do that today. Listen, if if you're still that leper and and, and you've never cried out, I, I ask that you do that today. If you have never asked Jesus for forgiveness and you're still one of those lepers, I I ask for you to cry out to God today. And it's that simple. God, have mercy on me. Father God, God, we've come together as believers, and and God, we've even come together. There may be some in here that is not believers. But God, that's what the church should be every week. God, we have we have sang praises to you. God, we have we have preached your word. We have laid it out. But God, it's from this point forward, God, it is it is you. It is it is you that only changes men and women's hearts. God, I pray that today, that if there is anyone today that does not know you, that today be the day that they call out for mercy. Because at any moment that we call out for mercy, God, you save us in that moment. God, we give you this time to work on us. today. God, we thank you. I, I pray that, that, that God, you, you moved in hearts of your people today. God, I pray that we are a thankful bunch. God, we also just want to open it up. God, if there's, if there's anything else, if, 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 if today, if you want to be a part of what we do here, now is the time. If today you want to be a part of this church, now's the time.
Ladies and gentlemen, if you would, I'd like to introduce you to, some of you probably already know them, Justin and Misty Cole. Uh, their boys are over in Upstreet, Jackson and Evan. Uh, they come today, they want to be members of this church. Amen? Now let me, I want to tell you a little bit about this couple. Uh, they didn't know I was going to do this, all right? But I want to tell you something about them. Misty, I remember a couple years ago, we were having VBS. She came, she brought her boys, and she wanted to, she wanted to be with her boys. So Lacey was like, you know, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, just let her be with them. And we didn't know Misty, right? We, we want to protect our kids also. But listen, since that time, they, when was it you guys joined life groups? That the end of last year. They'd come here and there, but we had talked about life groups one night, and they said, hey, they came and they said, hey, we're going to be a part of one of them. They jumped in in John and Ashley's group uh, now, which was at that time Steve and them. And let me tell you, they, they have just jumped in. I don't know if you know it, this whole last month they couldn't join because, you know, where they were at, they were serving over in Upstreet. They were not even members, and they were serving in Upstreet. Right? We are thankful, thankful, thankful for you guys. So we, hey, if they don't, if they don't clap and vote for you guys, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Listen, they serve. They want to be a part. Yeah, go ahead. Let's celebrate. They're coming today to be a part of the church. Well, they've already been a part for a long time. Now they just now it's now it's just official, right? Uh, we love the Coles already, and any of you guys that have ever been with them, you'll love them too. Uh, so get to know them. Uh, if if you'd like for them to be a part of our church, I'd like to hear some applause right now. That's right. Now any of you that don't, there's the back door. I'm joking, just joking. Listen, I'm excited that they're going to be a part of our church. Uh, I told Randy the other night during rehearsal, I said, I, I wish we had 20 more of the Coles. Uh, they love Jesus. They, they love serving. Uh, and they already love some people here through Life Group, so we're thankful for them. Amen? Uh, so listen, before you leave today, come by and tell... Tell them how excited you are that they're going to be uh, part of the family now. Amen?